In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins. And the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We saw in today's Gospel the example of Jesus and the authority with which he spoke. We saw how he went to the synagogue in Capernaum. The synagogue was a place of, of prayer, of recollection, of quiet. Of course, a place where you could read the law, focus on them. It's, the synagogue was the fruit of the, of the exile. There was no more temple. The temple had been destroyed. and People of Israel felt they needed a place a quiet place so they could reflect on the law of God and pray. It was a solution to this exile. And now the Lord arrives there in one of these synagogues in Capernaum. He did this just after he had called the apostles They didn't know really what he was all about exactly. They were still new at it. But the gospel tells us that he spoke with divine authority. They said, not like the, like the, not like the Pharisees. His words had a tone of truth to it. It's as though people were really understanding what he was referring to. This was not just blah, blah, blah. And sometimes, you know, we, we say, when he says he spoke with authority and not like the Pharisees, we may, you know, put that on the uh, Pharisees. All oh, the Pharisees, they were just like, uh, you know, repeating things. They didn't know what they were doing. I don't know. They were just like listing off a list of, of, of laws and stuff. They were not, they didn't really know how to speak or they were just, I don't know. You know, we kind of like blame the Pharisees, you know. But maybe it was also the people themselves who couldn't pick up on the authority of the word because after all, the Pharisees were, they were talking the word of God. They were, they weren't just, yeah, maybe, okay, maybe they got an overly, you know, meticulous in their descriptions and stuff, okay, but it was still the word of God that they were preaching, even if they had misunderstood a lot of it, I suppose, but but the, it's as though the people of God had now, in many ways, become uh, dissipated, not focused on the essential. And when you're, when you're distracted, you know, 
you're not attentive really to what you ought to be attentive to when you're distracted. I think it's um, Father Mike Schmitz who recounts that that in one of his uh, one of his secretaries or I don't know somebody who worked on on his group there in Ascension Press or something had had worked for him or something and then gotten married and then got into this absolutely uh, awful car accident. Just a terrible. He didn't go into details, but it sounded terrible. And the reason given was distracted driving. She had looked for a few seconds into the phone and boom, she was T-boned or I don't know exactly what happened. But it was attributed to distracted driving. And it seems that a huge percentage of accidents and deaths by automobiles are due to distracted driving. Not to DUIs, not to faulty brakes or bad uh, you know, things with the cars. Distracted driving. And imagine, you, know, you look five minutes, you text five minutes or five minutes, five seconds on your, on your phone. Well, that, for during, you're, go, you're just gone, during five seconds, you've just gone to football fields, you know, of distance if you're going at whatever, 100 kilometers. You know. Distracted driving. And this could happen to us, and this is maybe what is happening to the people in the synagogue. Their lives were distracted, dissipated, unfocused on the essential. And this is why we are here with you, Lord, not to be distracted, not to be dissipated. To be focused on the one thing that is important in our life. It is important now to focus on you, Lord. And perhaps, you know, one of the reasons for uh, exhaustion and tiredness in many people today, you know, is that, the, you know, and this, this happens with the, the phone culture that we're in. We're always dissipated. We're always looking at a second thing. We're always looking at a new thing, but not exactly in what we ought to be doing now in this very moment. Now, I, I remember... Well, we all remember that, having to wait at a bus stop. When you waited in the past, when you waited at a bus stop, you waited at a bus stop. And you looked at the condensation building up on the glass in the bus shelter. That's what you did. Or you looked at your shoes and you just saw the shape of your shoes, you know, because there was nothing else to do. There was nothing else to dissipate you. You were in the present moment. And somehow we have fallen into this rut of thinking that we have to do something else or we, we get dissipated. And maybe these people in the synagogue were dissipated with very secondary things. And that's why it is said that hearing the Pharisees, eh, they weren't clicking. But the Lord gave them that grace to be totally focused when He was speaking. And that's why this passage today deals with this demon, or this, this man possessed by a demon. We imagine the man shaking, his eyes swirling behind his head. He was fearful, he was screaming, agitated, angry, afraid that he would be destroyed. He challenged Jesus. He tried to Indeed, make him doubt about his mission. 
He's violent. It's the power of darkness, the unclean spirit, the impure, cynical spirit, seething with pride. He intimidated those around him, no doubt, that devil, or the, the man possessed with the devil. That's for sure. He intimidated everybody. But he did not distract or intimidate you, Lord. The evil one is powerless against the Word made flesh. Powerless. Lord, you have complete authority over the Lord of this world. And you have complete authority over me now during this sacred time which is my retreat, my time to speak with you. And we can ask the Lord now to eliminate all those things that will separate us from Him, which will stop us from identifying ourselves from Him, to Him, with Him. And we know when that demon came in, that guy possessed with the demon, Jesus simply spoke. Jesus spoke. No incantations, no weird gestures, long prayers, no formulas were necessary. He just, what did he say? Be quiet. Come out of him. Be quiet. And the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions and with a loud cry went out. It's a beautiful way to start this retreat. So the Lord is saying to us, be quiet. Because, why does he say that? Obviously, because there's no way that the devil can say anything of value. He cannot speak of anything that remotely is of any interest to us. And in a certain way, the Lord is telling us, be quiet. He's telling us now in this retreat, that we need to stay silent because he has so much to tell us. He has so much to tell you. He has lots to tell me. <laughs> and we have to be careful of the interruptions you know, that, that happen. Or I wouldn't say they're just interruptions. They're distractions. Yeah, there's a difference between distractions and interruptions. Distractions and interruptions. Interruptions are not bad because they can be opportunities to reframe and refocus. They're just, you're interrupted. You have this, I'm sure, in your office, in, your, in the rectory, somebody interrupts you. You stop and you focus anew on what that person is asking. It's just an interruption, but it's not a distraction. A distraction means that you are not focused on the one thing necessary. The holiness that God is asking you and me now. The now. It's one of the reasons St. Osria, uh, at the very beginning of the way, he says, get used to saying no. Say, why does he say that? It's a very short, I think it's the shortest point. Get used to knowing, get used to saying no. Why is he saying that? Is he saying, get used to saying no to a second dessert? Get used to saying no to putting cream in your coffee? Get used to saying no 
to clicking that link. Yeah, 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 that's, that's good, that's good. But I think saying no is to all those opportunities of dissipation, all those opportunities of distraction, where we could look at our phone and we say, no. And we could go out with somebody when it really is an opportunity for us to, f to finish our divine office. You know, if, if somebody is saying, come on, let's go out, let's have fun, a friend, uh, another priest, but we haven't done our office, or we haven't done our prayer, or we haven't prepared our homily for the next day or something, or another, in other words, another important duty in our priesthood, to get used to saying no means we're saying yes to something fundamental. But an interruption is different from an, uh, a, a distraction. I heard the story, I think it was a supernumerary who has several kids and they're all quite young. And he tells a story about how he says, you know, I, every morning I want to get up early, I want to go and do my prayer, but I want to do it in the basement where nobody sees me so I can do my prayer. And by the time the kids get up, I'll, I'll have done my prayer. And that's my, that's the goal in the morning. I want to do my 15 minutes of morning prayer. So he gets up at 5.30 in the morning and as quiet as he can, he gets out. He walks down the hallway very quietly, gingerly. He's trying to get to the basement. And then the floorboards creak. And he hears, Dad, is that you? That's an interruption. He goes but it's an occasion there for him to cuddle with his three-year-old or to, you know, be with his three-year-old who complains about a stomach ache. Or, and, but then he's there focused on that. That's then where he has to do his prayer. But that's not a, a distraction. It's not a, He focuses there. God is waiting for him there instead of the basement. And so Jesus is inviting us, you know, to, to live that silence now. Silence is the doorkeeper of the interior life. He, he, it is our ally. It'll help us to keep calm, to keep still. Maria would speak about trying to be discreet, right? To, it, it's a, it, that silence is a way of listening more attentively to someone. When somebody speaks, we have to be we have to nod our head and acknowledge them. If we speak too much, we could be prone to indiscretions. The temptation could be to show that we know things, that we have all the best responses to people's questions. And inevitably, we become indiscreet. We could criticize this guy, that guy, that document. We could end up lacking charity. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But now it is to the Lord that we must listen, to pay attention to, acknowledge, nod our head to him, 
open our hearts, focus on the Word of God in the Mass, in the Divine Office, or just as you lie in bed drifting off. He is there deep in the, in the chasm, right there in that bed, priming the soul, assuring you of His Divine Presence, helping you rest. Because He has so much to say today, tomorrow. We can ask the Lord also to expel all those demons of worry, the demons of anxiety, the demons of sadness, the terrible demons of comparison to others, to the, I think it's called FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. FOMO, is it FOMO? Yeah, it's FOMO. Fear of missing out. That's the new, I don't know who invented that, but it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's another demon, FOMO, the FOMO demon. He will assure you as you're lying in bed, drifting off in the darkness of the night. Here it gets very dark, uh, you know, that's, yeah, there's no city lights, so he's there. Ask him to expel all those demons. Social media barrage is going to go. You know, last time I was here, I came to do my retreat and I drove here with somebody from Toronto. And we had a lovely conversation on the way. And... Um, I think I came to preach the retreat, but he came to do his retreat. So, And the idea was that I was going to drive with him, and then I was going to stay in Montreal to visit relatives and stuff, and then he was going to go back with somebody else. That was the plan. So we arrived here. I preached the retreat. He did his own retreat. And on the last day, I got in the car, ready to go to Montreal. I knew I was going to go alone. He was going to go with somebody else. As I entered my car... His phone is there. His phone is right there on the, whatever, in the car. In other words, he had left it there when he came with me. And so five days later, it's been in that, in that phone all night for five days without being used. He didn't, obviously he never used it once during the retreat. So I immediately grabbed it and I looked for him and the car hadn't left yet. So you forgot your phone. And he goes, oh, oh yeah, my phone. Oh, yeah, uh, thanks. And I'm there, like, totally in envy. You know, this guy was without a phone. How could he do that? You know? Now, you don't have to leave your phone in the car, but more or less, on mute at least. For that guy, our Lord must have kept him busy undistracted, he was unfazed by anything going on in the world, he wasn't getting any soccer scores or NHL scores or politics or headlines, and we have to envy that.
That's why our focus these days really can be channeled through that yeah, that prayer that the Lord wants to offer. I mean, the, the general um, tone of the retreat will be about prayer. And of course, we pray in the divine office. We pray in the rosary. We pray when we celebrate mass. We, we pray when we listen to somebody speaking. When we walk around the grounds, you know, the great grounds here in silence with the chirping of the birds, uh, with the squirrel foraging for food, or with just the gentle sound of the wind gently swaying, making the trees sway. And when we pray like that, we really discover the deepest thirst for God. And this is what we want to do. Our Lord said to the Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God, the wonder of prayer. That's what was said about the people in Capernaum, when Jesus came, they said they were filled with wonder. They were filled with astonishment. They were filled with amazement. And would that you be able to do this retreat filled with wonder at a leaf, at a leaf uh, on the snow. And you'd just be filled with the wonder of, of the reality of being a son of God, of being a priest of God, being full of astonishment like those people in Capernaum because they heard the divine word. Today, we see something on, on, what do you call that, on Instagram, and we say, oh, oh, that's cool, that's cute. Oh, that's nice. But is there wonder? Is there amazement? Is there astonishment? Is there grandeur that picks up our mind? Would that you and I be able to go to bed like that, filled with wonder with wonder and being so close to God and giving him thanks for the amazing wonder of being a priest of God let's revive that wonder that enthusiasm that amazement that thanksgiving you and I are, are priests of God according to to the order of Melchizedek. Our Blessed Mother will help us to make this a priest, to make this retreat full of the silence. The devil will come out of us and will give us that peace to be the priests of God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.